This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast, all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson, joining me today, Chase Croshaw. How you doing today, Chase? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, you know, just ready to talk some hockey. Uh, it's been a, a big week for me in the, in the sports world as I, you know, recently completed some fancy football trades, but you know, that's pr- pretty much other than some financial news we're going to be talking about all that's been going on in the sports world, but how about you? Oh yeah, most definitely. I've completed some decent fantasy football trades as well. May have acquired Patrick Mahomes, but you know we don't need to talk about that. Obviously, we can talk about that on our other show. Uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, stuff happening in the hockey world. Before we get to that, though, real quick, I just wanted to say um, this isn't a news show. This isn't a political show or anything like that. This is strictly a sports show. Uh, there's some crazy stuff happening in the world right now. We pray that everyone will be safe and uh, make it out okay. Uh, that being said, we want you guys to know this is a strictly NHL or sports podcast, so we want to give that to you as sort of a release from the outside world right now. Uh, some crazy stuff happening, but again, we hope everyone stays safe out there. Um, some scary stuff happening, but that's all right. We'll make it through. We'll push through. Uh, but now on to the hockey talk chase. Gary Bettman had his press conference talking about the return for the NHL. Uh, we talked about the 24 team format for the playoffs last week. We got a little bit more, uh, reassurance, I guess you could say with, uh, Gary Bettman talking about it. And one thing that we were questioning last week was, will there be, seeding right off the bat with the Bruins getting the number one seed based off of a regular season or would they have to play against the other three teams that have that first round by to determine seeding we got that answer Gary Bettman announced that there will be a uh, round robin between those four teams to get that seeding determined yeah and when we were talking about this I was a fan of uh, just you know leaving as it is maybe let them play some exhibition games uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's more hockey. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to add an interesting factor to an already interesting playoff scenario. So I, I'm, I'm fine at the, at the end of the day. And they still are doing those exhibition games, as I was kind of hoping for. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, each team can schedule two or three. I can't, I'm, for every reason, I'm drawing a blank on the exact number off the top of my head. But uh, So the team's going to play a couple exhibition games before they jump right in, so you're not just playing and getting hurt. So, you know, they, they've created really the best scenario for situation that they've been given it's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna be fun to see you know it's gonna be weird that the first couple rounds playoffs may be a best of five instead of a best of seven uh but that's something that we'll just have to deal with and get used to and be happy that at least we have you know these playing rounds as the actual extra added hockey yeah most definitely and the one thing that i do want to point out with these uh round robin plays but with the four teams in the west four teams in the east is let's say two teams go two and one they sit atop uh the standings of those four teams the winner 
or the number one seed will go to the team with the better regular season record. So they're, they're putting some emphasis on the regular season, uh, even with this playing round. So I like that. I like to see that. So, uh, you know, for example, if the Capitals and our Tampa Bay Lightning are both 2-1, and one, let's say the Capitals have the victory over us. It doesn't count head-to-head victories. It counts regular season points. So we would get that first seed, which I, I really like. What about you? No, I mean, I agree. It's it's definitely the way to do it because, you know, the, the teams are, like, tied 2-1 to one in that aspect. It'd be dumb to have it be, like, gold or or something. You know, they played the whole regular season. You might as well at least let that have some extra effect in it. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, Gary Batman did say that, obviously, the playing round will be five games. Uh, they said that the first round and second round – will most likely be five games that hasn't been strictly you know, determined yet. Could be seven. But Gary Bettman did say he wants the conference championships and the Stanley Cup finals to be a seven-game series for sure, which I think is a must. Uh, when you get down to the last four teams, and then especially in the Stanley Cup finals, you want to have you know that seven-game series because, I mean, we talked about it last week's episode. You get a hot goaltender, he could steal one or two games, even if the team really isn't great overall. So uh, it's really good to see that he wants to keep the integrity of the conference championships as well as the Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I mean, I got to agree. My favorite thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is that you may have to battle for seven games against the same team You know, every other night. It creates for some rivalries not just for that playoff series but rivalries that continue into the future uh, you know it, it creates for these unique game situations you know this animosity on the ice things that hockey fans love to see so it's really important to keep this seven game series uh i get having to do the five games the first two rounds and i'm perfectly fine with that i don't because i don't want this playoffs running super late but i would have been crushed if the last especially the Stanley Cup finals you know the last round was five games that would just not be right yeah, absolutely. So that's what we know for the playoffs thus far. Uh, I don't think we missed anything, but before we get into talking the draft lottery rules, which he also announced on the same day, uh, Alex Kalorn put out a little video on Twitter uh, a couple days ago, and oh my gosh, what a great video. It shows our boys uh, coming back as they're riding jet skis to the arena, and um, it's such a sick video. Uh, it, it really is, you know, some of the names are Alex Florence, Steven Stamkos, Anthony Sorelli, Andre Vasilevsky, you know, like the, just, it wasn't, wasn't the full team, but there was, I think there was a total of eight guys, if I'm not mistaken, you know, just an absolute fantastic video, you can find it on our social media, we retweeted it, Alex Kaloran, of course, also tweeted it out, it, it was one of the greatest videos I've ever seen in my life. And, like, I don't want to be, like, talking bad about you know sports or anything because sports is my passion but like if you're gonna be jet skiing in tampa bay florida it's beautiful out jet skis on the on the lakes on the river it's just like i i kind of feel like i'd be like all right i'm done with this i mean i don't need hockey <laughs> i mean I, I i would still need hockey but i mean it's a hell of a way to spend your off season yeah, for sure. Stan Coach just lounging out by the pool, but an awesome video, guys. Make sure to check that out. But let's talk about the weird draft lottery rules, Chase. Uh, not really important for us, but for maybe some listeners that are, you know, from Detroit or that. Let's uh, try to explain those. Yeah, so 
it's it is really weird. I'm really not a big fan of the way it's going, but here's how it works. So we've got seven teams that are not making the playoffs. We we already know for sure. So those seven teams are going to be uh, in the running to get the first overall pick. Same odds as always. And then the next eight spots, so spots eight through fifteen, are just like blank pretty much for right now. And they're going to run the lottery on June twenty sixth. If one of those if, any, if the teams one through seven all win the first, second, third picks, draft lottery's over. Don't got to worry about anything. If teams eight through fifteen win the lottery at all, then there's going to be a phase two lottery once the elimination round happens. So the teams that are eliminated are, should all be, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they all get an even chance at that point to win it, and then uh, those teams will compete in that draft lottery. So it's a really weird scenario. I don't like. I don't really know how to feel about it. I kind of like it. I kind of don't. It, just it seems kind of pointless. Why wouldn't you just wait until after the playing round is done and then do the draft lottery? It just, I don't know. It's a little weird to me. Yeah, I agree with you for sure because like the draft lottery lottery lots for the first phase is as it's been for the last couple of years, right? So um, you know some of the lower end teams have a zero point three percent chance but some may have a 3% chance. So let's say that 3% chance wins a draft lottery spot, then all eight teams that get eliminated in the play-in round have a 12.5% chance to get that 3% chance spot. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me because some teams are obviously worse than you know some of the other teams. For example, like... The Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens are obviously worse than, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes. So, I don't know. I I feel like with the lottery odds, it's just, I, I feel like they should have put them, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there should be two phases is, I guess, what I'm trying to get to. Because every team shouldn't have the same exact odds for the you know, let's just say high-end 6% chance that did win that draft lottery spot because some teams just aren't there. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, and I'm, I'm with you there. I, I really think that I, I would be perfectly fine with just the seven teams being uh, eligible for those top lottery picks. Like, a, the team that, you know, barely misses the playoffs, I've never really been a big fan of them being – like at a good not they're not a good chance but at a chance of winning the lottery because usually it's a team that they missed by like a point because you know maybe a goalie was hurt one game and they lost that game where they normally would have won it and the teams like you know the, the the really bad teams this year the Detroit Red Wings were historically bad and they might pick worth overall like it, it doesn't make sense to me you know this, this happens all the time especially when Edmonton was winning lottery after lottery where teams that were above them were dropping down when they really needed the help. I, I'm a big fan of changing the draft lottery odds and making it a lot higher for the top three teams than it is right now. So I would have been perfectly fine with the NHL this year trying out just the tops or like the bottom seven teams and seeing what would happen. Got you. I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but uh, it would obviously help the worst teams. Because, I mean, you look at the NFL, the worst team gets the first overall pick. There is no lottery. But, you know, they implemented that because the NHL implemented that because they didn't want tanking going on. I mean, we we saw it with uh, 
Alexander Dag. So uh, that obviously didn't work out for the Suns, but you know. But worked out for the Penguins and Mary Lemieux, though. That that's where it really began. It really began with that, and then the Senators went back and did it with Dag, and then it failed. And they're like, all right, we we gotta make some rules about this, and then these are the rules we got. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly think that they're trying to get this draft lottery out just to get more hockey out there because oh, absolutely. let's be honest, we all want to see hockey back. And even if it is a draft lottery, you know, we're going to be tuning in. We're going to be watching, see who gets the, uh, you know, the key to Alexi Lafreniere. However, I, I think it'd be better if they just stuck with one phase, pushed it back a little bit. Uh, but you know, they want to get the views. So it's understandable, but, uh, you know, kind of confusing, a little bit weird. I honestly hope that the top seven teams win the top three picks because I just don't find it to be very fair that every team will have the same exact odds to win that lottery pick. But, hey, what do I know? No, I agree. It's weird. I hope the same thing. And they're 100% doing this just to get have some new more news drawn up about in the NHL. I just... Something that really does bug me, though, about this whole plan situation before we move on to our next point is, you know, the NHL, they struggle with views. They're really the fifth sport in the United States because soccer is pretty heavily dominant in the South. So they, they, like, they're trying to work on their viewership and their, fa- and their fandomship. And like, if they were able to play hockey, you know, starting in July, this would be prime time for people to watch them because people just need sports. But if they're not playing till end of July, early August, like, NFL stuff begins in a couple weeks. People really are not going to be that interested in it. Like, hockey fans will be, but just the general sports fan looking for something to watch, they might have slight interest in it for a couple weeks, but they'd rather watch preseason football at that point. So, it sucks that the NHL, you know, they got to do this playoff scenario so late. I get why they have to do it. So, for them just to do this draft lottery, just to have some news for now, I, I definitely do understand it. But it's, it's just still a weird concept to me, you know. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen, guys, I get it. It's quarantine. What's the big deal? But guys, come on. We all know it. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. And that's why Manscaped has been working over the past 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer known to man, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features, my personal favorite, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Guys, I want to help you get your own Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 right now by letting you know you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. That's again, 20% off with your free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use our promo code THPN, uh, Chase, let's not talk about some training camps and what's happening. When can the players get back on the ice? Stuff like that. So right now, you are actually allowed to have small group practices. Uh, Spit and Chicklets posted a video 
I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, uh, and they showed a couple guys out on the ice shooting the puck around. So it's awesome to see that players are getting back on the ice, but we're not going to have full team practices for a while. Yeah, it's it's going to be kind of tough for them to do full team practices. I hope they can do it at least at some point in the playoffs, but I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. I know they're pretty weary in trying to follow all the health regulations. So at, at least it's a start for now, you know, players are able to kind of get exercise and get on the ice, get their legs moving, get back into that game shape that you really need to be in for the playoffs. It's, it's just, it's, there's no team practice though. You know, it's going to be hard trying to figure out power play formations, working on different break-ins, you know, it, it's going to be some interesting hockey because these systems that you work on quite often in these practices aren't going to be able to be worked on. Yeah, most definitely. And that might be a disadvantage for teams that uh, really went hard in the trade deadline or teams that are getting back players that have been injured for quite a while because you don't really know where they're going to mesh in as of right now. You know, they may have worked in a situation earlier on in the season, but then they go down and now you acquire a different player in the trade deadline. Where are these players going to shake up? It might it might be a little uh, tough for the coach to figure those lines out right away, and we may see some uh, growing pains in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's all trial and error, obviously, so we're, we're going to see what happens. You just got to be excited. It's all you can really hope for, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see. There definitely is going to be some teams that struggle way more than they should and some teams that somehow just do way better than they should. That's just kind of how these types of things happen, so we just got to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. And training camps originally was announced would not take place until after July 1st. It's now been pushed back to July 10th. Yeah, and who knows? This could be continue to be pushed back. We just, as everything else, got to wait and see. Hopefully not, you know, hope and hopefully the training camp takes two, maybe three weeks max. I don't think it'll be any longer than that, which means, you know, we wouldn't get playoff hockey till August, which would suck. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's hockey coming back. Yeah, for sure. And Gary Bettman said in his announcement that the most important thing is to keep our players, our faculty, everything, keep everyone safe. That was the most important goal for the NHL, which is awesome to see. And honestly, I put out a tweet saying, you know, for as much hate we give to Gary Bettman, for as much crap as we give Gary Bettman, he and the rest of the NHL has done a phenomenal job to try to bring our sport back. Uh, you know, for a while there, it looked like it was hopeless. We were going to have to wait until the next season. The season was going to get canceled. But they've really done a phenomenal job to bring our sport back. And I'm super excited to see the playoffs start. And honestly, like, they're probably going to bring in bank from, uh, you know, promotions and ads from different companies because it's sports. And, you know, the preseason football games aren't going to start until, you know, maybe late August. So they're going to have a couple-week period where – they really are the, the, the top dog, so they're going to definitely bring in some good money. Yeah, I, I really hope so. It's something that the NHL really needs right now. Yeah, for sure. So, Chase, we now talk about a former exceptional player status player, uh, a guy that I know you and I liked when we were first looking at him when he was down in the juniors uh, situation, but you know, then he, he started to struggle a little bit, got drafted in the third round, and... Now he's no longer on a team. Yeah, so Sean Day, former exceptional status player in the Ontario Hockey League, played for the Minnesota Steelheads, uh, bounced through a couple teams, also played for Kingston and Windsor, New York Rangers draft pick. Uh, he's been placed on unconditional waivers. Uh, his contract 
has been bought out. You know, th- this was a guy who, at the time they got the exceptional status, there was little rumblings like, eh, should he have gotten it? He ended up falling to fourth overall. In the draft, he was the only exceptional status player to not go first overall. He struggled, really, in junior, never really found his true footing. Ended up being a third-round pick, really, because of the status and, and the name, and just never really worked out as a pro. So, he's going to be let go. Uh, maybe he gets another shot with an NHL team. I highly doubt it. I'm guessing he looks to Europe at this point, uh, you know, but best of luck to him. You know, every other exceptional status player has worked out for the OHL and the Quebec league thus far, or at least Valeno is starting to look like he's working out for the Quebec league. So Sean Day is pretty much the one miss in this group. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I really do hope he gets another chance somewhere. Uh, he got exceptional player status for a reason. He looked phenomenal at his younger age. He didn't quite pick up the game as fast as most exceptional player statuses do, obviously. So I hope he gets another chance in a in a system that'll work with him and really try to help groom him into the defenseman that you know people hoped he could be. But uh, on now to the NHL awards. Some of the awards are settled, like the Art Ross. That's obviously going to Leon Dreisaitl. The Maurice Richard. That's a tough one it's a tie and gets split between Alex Ovechkin and David Pasternak um, a couple other trophies have been solidified but Chase we wanted to talk about some of the trophies that really you know need to be voted on rather than just points so uh, we're going to be talking about that today let's start off with the heart Chase who do you think deserves the heart man it's this one's a little tough for me I I don't want to like I don't want to pick Leandris Idol because he also had Connor McDavid with him there. But really, I think I think Leandris Idol was just the best player in the league this year. It's hard for me to not choose Dry Idol. You know, he put up the astronomical numbers that he did. McDavid missed some time. When McDavid missed time, he only stepped up and played better. So it's kind of hard to go against Dry Idol in this one for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Leon Dreisaitl really carried that team when Connor McDavid went down, and Tim and McDavid were just an absolute force when they were playing together. So I'd have to agree with you. He's 13 points above the next guy, that next guy being his teammate, Connor McDavid. Uh, Really just an absolute stud, and we've seen this guy coming for a while. He had a phenomenal season last year, but... I don't really think that we thought he would be a top three, top five player in the whole world, a uh, situation in Edmonton like the situation in Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin. Uh, I I didn't really think we'd see that, but it's awesome to see. I I love the big German guy. Oh, yeah, same. You got got to support your hockey minority countries. For sure. All right, Chase, the next big one, I think, would be the Calder Memorial Trophy. I think this is a really hard one. Um... So, what are you thinking? There's a couple guys. There, there is, and it's something that I've been, you know, I thought about this morning, thought about yesterday for a little bit while we were trying to, well, once we decided what we're doing for today's show, and I decided that I would think I would give my vote to Quinn Hughes personally. For me, it's between Hughes and McCarr, and you could easily go McCarr, but the reason I lean Quinn Hughes a little more is... I feel that he was relied on a little bit heavier in Vancouver. They used him a little more in defensive situations. While he still put up high numbers, he still has good, deep, analytic defensive numbers. So I feel he's had a little more impact as a rookie compared to McCarr. So give me Quinn Hughes in this one. I would agree with that. I I think Quinn Hughes was definitely more relied on in that defensive game with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Just because, honestly, I think that Vancouver Canucks needed it a little bit more out of Quinn Hughes than the Colorado Avalanche did out of McCarr. But 
I'm gonna give my slight edge to Makar just because how many flashy plays did we see from Makar this year? How many highlight reel tapes did we see from him? We saw a couple, and he's a defenseman. Uh, Quinn Hughes is too, but uh, you know Makar looked incredibly flashy, incredibly skilled, and both of these guys look to be you know top four, top five uh, defensemen in their future. Uh, but I'm going to give a slight edge to Kale McCarr. I mean, y- you can't beat either of these two. Both were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we had a lot of good rookies this year, though, uh, that we didn't really expect. We also had Adam Fox, Dominic Kubelik, uh, John Marino. He played well as well. Um, you know, we expected the Jack Hughes, the Capocacos to be in this conversation. They really weren't, but we still had a good rookie class. No, we, d- we definitely did. I thought we were going to see more, as you said, out of uh, Jack Hughes and Kako. But Kevin Kako, you know, he played so much hockey the last couple of years. I get why he kind of struggled. Uh, it, yeah, this usually the like rookie of the year. Uh, it's pretty heavily dominated by uh, like y- younger players, like they were drafted in the last two years or so, or even in the most recent draft. But this year, yeah, see, seeing a guy like Dominic Kublik, who was an older player coming from Europe, had kind of lower expectations and just really excelled at the NHL level. You know, it's, it's fun to see, like, seeing these different age groups, generations just kind of kicking into the league. You know, it, it's exciting r- regardless because even though Dominic Kublik is on the older end of the rookies, he could still play in, like, 15 years in the NHL. It's not like he's an old player by any means. Yeah, most definitely. The, the one thing I don't like with the Calder Trophy is when guys like Artemi Panarin come over and they've been playing in Russia for like six years and then they come in and absolutely dominate. Like, obviously, he's phenomenal, but is he really a rookie? You know, I, I feel like they they should try to put some claws in there because I don't want to eliminate the Dominic Kubeliks because he's a little bit older, but I would like to have a clause in there maybe if you... Um, play you know this amount of games in a professional league like the khl then you know you, you can't win that calder trophy but uh you know we'll see if that ever happens who knows but we now move on to the james norris trophy chase last week or maybe it was two weeks ago you were talking about how victor hedman in your mind is the best defenseman in the league does he capture the james norris though no i do think he's the best defense in the league yes of course and it's, I think it, it's going to be a decent vote. He's going to get a decent amount of votes, but John Carlson just did too much, really, to not get the vote this year. He put a lot of that Washington Capitals team on his back, carried him quite a bit, and defensemen don't do that very often. He put up astronomical numbers. He's playing great defensively. It, it's really hard. It's kind of like Dressel. It's just too hard to pick against him because he was just so dominant at his position compared to his peers. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. John Carlson absolutely killed it. I mean... How many episodes in a row did we talk about? Dude, John Carlson is still going off. He's still over a point per game. It was absolutely stupid. He ended the regular season with 75 points, only 69 games. So absolutely phenomenal season by John Carlson. I saw a tweet, uh, a little graphic that showed John Carlson was at the top of the James Norris voting. And then you had Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman trailing just behind him. But John Carlson, way too much not to give him the James Norris. Let's now move on to the Vesna chase. This one, I think you got a couple goaltenders you're looking at. Uh, a lot of good goaltending this year, but who do you have to give the edge to? Honestly, it, for me, it's between two players. One is our own Andre Vasilevsky. The other one is Connor Halbuck. I think I'm going to lean towards Connor Halbuck. 
I don't think Winnipeg even sniffs the playoffs this year if it wasn't for him because he played so well when their offense struggling, when their defense was really struggling is they had a weak decor this year. He just he played so well. He won them so many games. He's such a good, consistent goalie. You can trust him in really nice situations. You can trust him to play the big-time games, big-time minutes. You can play him back-to-backs to back-to-back-to-back and have no issues. He was just... He was the reason that Winnipeg team is uh, even having a chance in this playoff format. So I got to give my vote to Connor Hallebuck. I would 100% agree here. I also give mine to Connor Hallebuck. And uh, there is a lot of great goaltending out there. But for me, I don't want to say it's not close. But I think Connor Hallebuck does have a bit of an edge over Vassy, over Tuka Rask, another in uh, in question, and even Ben Bishop. Uh, he was just so good. Like you said, he brought his team to the playoffs. Uh, I think Vasilevsky would be second. The only thing, we talked about it earlier on in the season, Vasilevsky struggled. He he really turned his game around and looked phenomenal. Uh, but Connor Hellebuck's numbers are better, and if it wasn't for him, Winnipeg wouldn't be in the playoffs. But then again, if it wasn't for the 2014 playoff, they wouldn't be in the playoffs either. But, uh, you know, we don't need to mention that. Uh, Hellebuck. Absolutely phenomenal uh, and an absolutely great goaltender. And uh, we'll look to see him uh, dominate in the future. All right, Chase, let's talk about one more that we will vote on, and that would be the Frank J. Selke. Any opinions on that trophy for you? So the Selke Award is a bit of a weird one, especially now that, you know, like advanced analytics are really starting to come into the NHL. You start to see, oh, this player is actually one of the best defensive players in the league. Like, for example, Valerian Shushkin, in terms of defensive analytics, was a top five to top ten player all season long, even though he just, you would never think of him that way because that's just not the type of player he was drafted to be. So, I, this year, I, I don't know. Based on everything I've seen so far, I think I'm going to lean. Probably Ryan O'Reilly, though. You know, he's a guy who's consistently up for the award. He, like, he's going to put up a ton of numbers as well as play so great defensively, be a great leader, does all the right things, doesn't take a lot of penalties. Uh, he's just, you know, he, he, he does the, everything you, you need out of a player. Like, he's every inch of the ice, he's going to dominate. And he really helped that St. Louis team this year, so it's hard for me to go against him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like there's three guys that are constantly in the Frank J. Selke running, and that would be Ryan O'Reilly, like you mentioned, Anze Kopitar with the LA Kings, and my guy that I'm going with, Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron is one of the most defensively sound centers in our game. He's phenomenal at faceoffs. He helps out with the PK. He helps out getting back on, you know, those two-on-one breaks. Uh, an absolute phenomenal player, and I'm going to give the slight edge to him and uh, hope, not not hope, because we'd like to see our Tampa Bay Lightning there, but uh, maybe we see him start to get on a roll again and take a couple Selkies in a in a row like he did back in, you know, 14, 15, 13, 14 back then. So uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Patrice Bergeron, two great choices. Uh, you can make arguments for other guys as well, but uh, that's who we're going with. Um, so that's really it for the NHL awards that we're going to be talking about. I mean, you got the Ted Lindsay and stuff, but... I mean, we think that's probably going to be the same as the heart with Leon Dreisaitl, um, some other trophies in there. But, uh, Chase, let's now talk about our recent poll that we had and get our results. Yes, sir. So, you know, our last episode, we first brought up the whole idea of, the, you know, the 2014 concept, everything going on. Uh, you know, we posed a question, are you in favor or against the 2014 format? The NHL decided to use to return the season. 
uh, 60% of the voters were in favor, 40% were against. So I would have to guess that those 40% that voted against it wanted a different type of format, not just not wanting any hockey in general. Uh, but, you know, who, who knows? The results are kind of what I expected. I figured that there was going to be, you know, some resentment against it, but thought that it was going to be more in favor than against. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wonder how many people that voted in favor would be against it before, you know, it was announced that hockey's coming back, you know, like uh, two, three weeks ago, talking to those who were in favor, would they still be in favor or would they be against it? Because we did not like the idea of the 2014 playoff format, but damn, am I excited for hockey to be back? And I would most definitely enjoy a 2014 playoff format now, even though I wasn't in favor a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, I'm the exact same way. I was really weary. I was like, just cancel the season already. But then they said, hey, hockey is coming back, and it's like, oh, really? And you know, it gets gets the blood flowing, gets the juices going, and it's kind of hard not to want it back at this point. So you know, I'm with you in that aspect. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Now we go to hockey name of the day, our final segment of the day. Uh, we ready for this one? We are ready for this one, dude. These. Freaking team logos are so sick. Constantly seeing some new logos that I absolutely love. Uh, but this guy's name is Froll Raven. Froll Raven. Our, you know, our, so F R O L for the first name, then R E V I N. Uh, so Froll is a Russian-born goalie who has not played since the 0506 season. He has two games played in a low-level Belarusian league. With no goals against or save percentage stats, no win or loss stats. All we know is we played. They played two games for naming Rodno two, which is you know, the second level of that team. Uh, he's 5'7", 128, Was born June 9th, nineteen ninety. Uh, he's got pretty much zero stats about him other than those two games, as I mentioned. But his first name is Froll. I never thought I would see that combination of letters in a row. Five seven one twenty eight. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's He's a big goalie. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, that's the reason he played two games in a low-level Belarusian league and nothing more. I mean, if, you're pro- if your kid's projected to be, I mean, I don't know about other countries like Russia, um, but here in the States, you know, I, I think it's the second birthday for children. They go to the doctors and the doctor will, you know, project how tall they are. They're pretty close. If you're projected to be 5'7", why are you trying to be a goalie? Hey, I mean, Darren Pang, you know, 5'8", goalie, legendary. I mean, a little bit older. You know, this guy's born in 1990. Yeah, no, that's that, that very fair. Uh, I don't know, it's a hell of a question. You know, like, UC Saros, you know, who's 5'10", 5'11", he's doing all right. Yeah, I mean... Li- I mean, he's also 120. I don't know. Whatever. He 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 should have tried to play a, a speedy forward role like Johnny Hockey or Nathan Gerby. But uh, yeah, cool name. Um, but that's gonna be it for the show, Chase. Why don't you lead us out with an outro? I want to thank you guys for listening, as we always do. Uh, if you like to become a patron on Patreon, we would really appreciate it. You can start as low as a dollar, move up from there. There's different rewards at different price points. So if you guys can support us that way, you get some access to some exclusive content. We'd really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. And then while you're at it, also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter. 
at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. You know, they're doing all sorts of giveaways. Right now, we're working on a giveaway with Manscaped to make sure to get in on that. It's easy. All you got to do is just click that RT button. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy there. Uh, so, yeah, make sure to check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts within the network there. Boom, just click on the logo. You listen nice and easy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You know, send us your questions, comments, concerns, DM us, email us, whatever you got to do. We can reach out back to you, answer you, uh, just be in contact with you guys. Absolutely. Any way you guys want to talk to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, stay safe out there. We love you. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk to you later. Later.